Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1059. Let's jump right into the community cork board and talk about what you are doing in the ID10T community. During this time, Kyle writes, I recently published a book titled To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking. This book is a memoir of my life where I analyze the various risks that I've taken, the good and the bad that has come from those risks, and what I've learned, and how I've become a better person, husband, father, and educator, all with the goal of inspiring others to take more risks and improve their lives through risk-taking. The book can also be found on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, and you can learn more about the book at tothedgeedu.com. To the Edge edu.com. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you very much. Now, also within context, I don't think Kyle is talking about go outside during a pandemic and start hugging people or touching things and wiping your face. That is a poorly calculated risk. I think he's thinking more along the lines of like, oh, things that... uh, You probably put up mental blocks for You're like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. No, 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 no. Put yourself out there. But I don't think he means doing things that are unsafe. So just wanted to clarify. I'm sure Kyle, I don't know Kyle, but I'm sure he would agree. But you can be like Kyle, take a risk and email events at ID10T.com if you would like to have your thing mentioned on the ID10T podcast, which is this episode, um, is Michael Shannon, who's legitimately... Like one of the best actors of our generation, I, 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 I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Not only is he an amazing actor, he's super fucking funny, and I think I'm gonna post the clip. He was on at midnight um, in 2017, I think, with Seth Rogen and Kelly Oxford, and he was so fucking. Fu- I mean, they all were hilarious. And I just, I think I was going to post a clip on Instagram from at midnight. I've been posting hashtag games on there. So, so there you go. Hashtag war with Michael Shannon will be on uh, Instagram.com slash Hardwick. Um, and also he was on the podcast back then too, but really funny and just a, a really thoughtful guy, like a very deep thought kind of guy. And, and again, I'm so enjoying these like Zoom chats. Um, as I've said before, so many people I never thought that I would be able to talk to. So many podcasts just slipped through my fingers because I'm like, nah, if they're not in LA and they can't come to the podcast studio, then <laughs> then I think it's not going to work out. But now no one can go to any podcast studio. So I'm really appreciating these Zoom chats and I will continue to do them probably even after this is all, all behind us. But uh, Michael Shannon, uh, again, promoting The Quarry, which is on VOD April 17th. The Quarry, April 17th. Here's the ID10T podcast number 1059 with Michael Shannon. Initiating ID10T protocol. I haven't seen you in a while. It has been a while. It's been it's been quite a few years. I mean, it feels like just a few months, but uh, you know, time just time just flies by. I think the last time I saw you was at the game show, right? 
Yes, which I just coincidentally watched a clip of the other day when I saw that you were coming on. I was like, I haven't seen the At Midnight clip in a while, and it's really fucking funny. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember what you did on? Do you remember what you did for the hashtag game? You just you just retooled deck the halls. He was like deck the balls, dick the halls. Like you did, you did <laughs> five versions of that joke, and it was it got funnier every time. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, me and my my potty mouth. Yeah. No, it's listen. That show was definitely a hard R rating, so it was yeah, totally, yeah, totally on brand for what that show. Good, was. good. Do you have kids? We do not have kids yet. It is uh, something that we are going to try to do, but probably wait a little bit now. Yeah, it's a little more stressful if you have kids to try and get through this particular situation i don't know how much you're talking about or not talking about this if you're trying to offer people a, a respite from the whole situation i, I think we're just talking you know what i'm just talking about with people whatever they're in the mood to talk about so i yeah. think people who are kind of stuck with their kids now especially if the kids are particularly young how are they explaining to kids like i i know it's hard to understand why we can't leave the house and go to school but we just have to stay inside now is it it does feel like a whole extra layer of stuff uh, that parents are having to deal with at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I have two very, uh, oh, Jesus. I don't want to refer to my own children as intelligent, but <laughs> God damn it, it's the truth. Um, and they they get it. and And they're super they just have a super healthy attitude about it. I'm very lucky. Um, and I play this jazz radio station that drives them crazy. Uh, and they have like news reports from NPR and also from their own news people, like every half hour and always talking about, you know, the coronavirus and, you know, hot spots and all these things. And they just, they seem pretty undeterred by it. They're not, they're not super rattled by it. They don't particularly want to go outside, but, um, well, that's good. They don't seem like super scared or, or anything. And I think they kind of trust us that we know what to do and how to keep them as safe as possible. Yeah. Well, that probably so. has a lot to do with whatever you've instilled in them or whatever behavior being yeah. that you that you as guys are, are displaying for them. If you were a particularly anxious person, they would probably absorb that and be anxious kids. But if you're, you know, if you, if you're pretty calm, then that's probably what they've, what they've absorbed. That's sort of the foundation of that. That's the thing about parenting that, you know, cause I, I tend to get anxious about things and I think I've got to get over that because even if you think you're hiding it, kids are just like these weird empathic sponges. They'll just absorb yeah. it no matter what. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's this saying, uh, you get what you can handle, you know, and I, I you know, uh, there's no way of proving it. But uh, I feel like I, I don't know that I can necessarily take a huge amount of credit for the way that my kids are. But uh, I, I'm sure I'm grateful that they are the way that they are. But yeah, it is true. They they're extremely uh, perceptive and sensitive. Uh, um, but you know, it's it's strange. I'm in New York City, but I'm in Brooklyn, and it's mm -hmm. a little more spread out. 
you know, I have a, a house and a yard and we're really kind of lucky. I, I think about people that are alone, um, uh, that are in apartment buildings uh, that don't have any space. And uh, I think as far as this particular situation goes, we're, we're pretty fortunate. Yeah. Well, is it, has your, were your kids, I imagine they were in school before and then now oh, yeah. no school for the rest of the year. So did you have to, I'd asked a friend of mine, she said, well, I think the kids might be doing online school like zoom. And I go, yeah, but they're not going to be on zoom for eight hours. And she goes, oh yeah, I don't know if I'm going to, if it's going to be a combination of homeschooling and then also like zoom schooling with the kids, have you, right. are, the, are they technically done with school my, or are you still? No, my daughter, my older daughter has kind of figured it out for herself. We have a office um, with a desktop in there and, and every morning at 8am she goes up there and, and she's got it all worked out with her teachers, you know, they don't keep her on there too long. She gets like a, a two hour lunch break. Because I had the same concern. It's like, I don't want my kids staring at a computer for eight hours a day. It's not good for their, their eyes or their their brain or whatever. But uh, she's, she's, she's like totally self-sufficient. Um, my younger one's in kindergarten. That's a little trickier because I think oh, kindergarten's yeah. by and large a social experience. I mean, you can only spend so, so, many, so much time, you know, counting your numbers or, you know, writing the letter G. I mean, it's a, <laughs> you mostly go to kindergarten to spend time with other children, you know, and, um, but she's, she's, she's finding stuff to do. They're really into, uh, they have this miniature, it's like a greenhouse, um, uh, construction. Uh, so they're making all these little tiny, like, uh, hand gardening tools and oh, little that's... pots and flowers it's some weird german company that makes these like miniature miniatures houses and greenhouses and things like that so anyway they 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 they've got their projects to keep them busy yeah. that's cool i i have a yeah. lot of hope for gen z which is the generation your kids are in because yeah. i feel like they're going to see i feel like they're going to grow up with a hopefully a healthier balance of seeing their millennial parents and Gen X parents and grandparents being so obsessed with ourselves and, you know, social media and the craziness of the world and the 24 hour news cycle. And I feel like they're going to, I feel like it could be like a Gen Z could be like a summer of love, hippie kid generation, you know, where they're like, yeah, fuck all that shit. Yeah. Parents go crazy with all that technology shit. (laughs) I want to get back to nature. Yeah. I certainly am getting that vibe at least for my kids. I mean, like I said, we're fortunate to have uh, a yard. Uh, and uh, yesterday it was kind of sunny and, and a little warmer than it's been. And uh, my wife and the girls were in the backyard, like planting flowers and doing yard work quite, you know, blissfully. And uh, yeah, she's very, my older daughter is very connected to uh, nature and the earth. I mean, she has a class she takes at school uh that's called sustainability oh, they wow. literally study sustainability Jesus so uh Christ, yeah that's great yeah it's a beautiful thing they yeah. have to have that class because of our generation yeah right yeah <laughs> we've added to the we sort of we fuck that up so yeah they yeah have to have that you know the children yeah. of the 80s 
who just yeah. grew up like greed is good. Let's waste shit. Yeah, right. Let's <laughs> just throw all our Aquanet cans in the garbage. And not think about it. Yeah. Just dump those in the ocean. It'll be fine. What dolphins eat that? It's yeah. fine. You know, like that. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that was that was our generation. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you heard the Mark Marin crack about? Uh, well, at least we. At least we brought our own bags to the grocery. We did the best we could. Yeah. <laughs> we brought our own bags. I know. Like that was our, our defense. And I, I was actually reading last night that, um, I don't know if it's, whichever markets are still open are saying, maybe Whole Foods, is, they're now saying like, do not bring your own bags to the markets because they could be contaminated. You could be bringing right. virus into the, so now it's like the the sort of the flipping of, no, no, no. I know we said that. Okay, that was good for the environment like a month ago. Now, <laughs> keep your fucking bags at home until right. it's good for the environment. Right. Yeah, I just spent the last, before I got on with you, the last 15 minutes, like, wiping off knobs with bleach. My oh, fingers yeah. still smell like bleach. Oh, yeah. And uh, bleach is not something I'm particularly fond of using, but uh, I guess in the current uh, situation it's kind of unavoidable yeah and and it you know the thing is we will get through it your kids might it'll be interesting in 10 years 20 years to see how they look back and think of this time if it, to them it's like oh yeah it was this weird kind of like we just stayed at home for a couple months but it was fine my parents were cool we made a game of it and also i feel like what's going to happen is your kids are going to end up loving jazz when they're older because my dad used to play this country station when I was growing up and I hated it. And in my <laughs> life, I fucking love like seventies and eighties country music so much. Right. Right. So they might, well, it reminds you of home, doesn't it? It, makes it you feel like you're at home. It reminds you of home. Yeah, I guess it, it does like on, a, on a, on a, on a really deep level. It, it really mm. does feel like home. Like all those things when you're a kid that you think are dumb, you grow up and you're like, ah, oh, you know, that was actually all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was your band? I, I, I was watching videos of your band. And, oh my god! And and it felt like there was a little bit of a country undertone to one of the songs that I saw. You guys were playing live in a rock club somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I I have a couple of twangy songs. Um, I I I I don't. Yeah, I, when I was writing the songs, which I haven't done in a little bit, I I wasn't really confining myself to any one particular genre. You know, I was just whatever tune came into my head. And um, it's funny because my I mean my musical taste is like all over the place. Um, I I don't have a particular genre of music that I like identify with, but. Um, I guess to the extent I'm a big fan of Wilco, like most, oh, yeah. you know, white forty something men uh, with kids. Uh, but uh, you know, it's maybe that kind of vibe. That, that uh, I mean, to me, it's I, I I love old country. The the new country music, I don't. It doesn't even sound really like country to me. Well, it's pop. It's it like is. crossover pop. Like yeah, yeah. My wife listens to a pop country station on Sirius XM, and I keep saying to her, like, country does not have auto tune. This is not. No. <laughs> She's no. like, but I love it. I go, it's fine. I'm just saying, this is more pop. Like you know, country yeah. is more you know 
Merle Haggard, George Strait, Waylon, you know, Ray yeah. Price, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just different. It's just different. So I'm already like a cranky old man about country <laughs> music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like Hank Williams is, uh, incredible music. Um, cold, cold heart. That's probably my favorite country song. I mean, in a way, those early country stars like Hank Williams, who, you know, obviously had some substance abuse issues, <laughs> their music was literally i think their only acceptable form of therapy like they just right. they were the drink it off generation you know so right. for 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 people like that or patsy klein or loretta lint like people who were really emoting in such powerful ways through their music because they i think they had like no other healthy outlets to get their yeah. you know emotional baggage out well, yeah, it can be it can be said for a lot of artistic expression. I mean, that's certainly why I started messing around with with acting. Was my dad pointed out early on? He came to see me in a play, and he said, "I don't understand. You're basically just uh, you're basically just acting like yourself." I said, "I know, but in real life, when I act like myself, I get in trouble." <laughs> But when I'm on stage and I act like myself, everybody claps. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did he that's understand why, it? That's why we're sitting here now, Chris. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Because it's not acceptable to be yourself in real life. Did he, did he understand that context? I guess. I mean, by the end of it, uh, he was very proud of... I mean, this was way at the beginning. This was like the second play I did in Chicago. I was literally 16 years old and I was playing a teenager who skips school and gets in trouble. I mean, so it wasn't, it wasn't a huge leap uh, at that time, but uh, yeah, the years in the years that followed when he see, saw that I could also do a couple other things, had a couple other tricks up my sleeve. He began to appreciate it more. Yeah. But I changed too. Yeah, I changed too. Um, you know, I've been doing this for thirty years, so it's a long and winding road. Yeah, those are those are big numbers. I'm 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 in the like, oh, I remember thirty years ago, quite clearly, club, and it's uh, it's jarring to put into that context because I think our generation is the like extended adolescence generation where we yeah. didn't really have to grow up, you know, so much, which is probably why you look around and you see that I have like a bunch of animation cells and toys and all sorts of weird <laughs> shit. And our, our parents didn't really, that, that was not their experience. And so I think that was their burden for us was like, when are you fucking kids going to grow up as a result? You know, here we are in our well into our forties. And I don't know, do you, do you feel like a, a, a grown adult or do you still feel like that kid? I yeah I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know if if if, if I affix a particular age to how I feel, but I don't feel like I, I don't feel like an expert at anything. I certainly don't feel like I I know all that much about anything. I feel kind of a lot of times like I'm just puttering around. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times like that. Uh, the character Chauncey Gardner that 
Peter Sellers, Sellers plays and being there, you know, yeah. and I'm just kind of, um, I'm in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, to a certain extent, I must've figured out something along the way because otherwise people wouldn't keep calling me and asking me to do things. But just in terms of, I, 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 I look around at other people and particularly cause you know, I live in New York city, so I'm surrounded by a lot of very competent hyper professional, you know, people uh, who really are on top of things. And, um, and I live in Brooklyn and, and I, I'll look around at like the other Brooklyn parents or whatever. And, and I just feel like I don't belong at all. You know, uh, I don't, I don't function the way that they function. Um, but, but it's true. I, I, I yeah, I don't, it's funny. I I don't think of my age very much. It seems it seems so arbitrary. And age is something that has changed over the years. Like, because now you tell somebody that you're 45, and they say, "Oh, you're still so young." Yeah. There used to be a time in history where, when you were 45, you maybe had five or ten years left. You know what and I mean? And then you'd have to retire. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, back in the old days, people were lucky if they lived to be 50. Yeah. And now it's like you're 45 and you're like, oh, you're still a baby. I'm like, that's yeah. confusing, but I guess it's true. I don't know. Yeah. I had uh, the two most opposite grandfathers anyone could have. My dad's father was a house painter. He retired at 55. And from then on for the rest of his life, he was in his pajamas every day at 4 p.m., Went to the went to the horse track every day, and my mom's father owned a bowling center and like worked every day pretty much until he got sick in his late seventies. Played golf three times a week, and so I have these two sort of diametrically opposing role model forces in my <laughs> grandparents, where it does kind of tweak me out when I think about it. Like, yeah, I'm not that far. I'm less than ten years away from where my pajama grandfather was when he was just like well fuck all this but i think that had a lot to do with the fact that he hated what he did so he couldn't right. wait to retire right yeah i think we're fortunate that uh well i mean obviously the thing with like uh, acting or entertaining is that you know as long as you can put a couple of sentences together and you know stand up or whatever you can keep doing it um yeah. Uh, you see people do it all the way until they, although you do see some people, some people, particularly people I really admire who get to a certain point and they retire, uh, you know, people like Jack Nicholson or Gene Hackman are just like, no, nah, I just don't want to do that anymore. And I probably from an outside point of view, it's like, well, why would you want to stop making movies? It must be the greatest thing ever, but there are, I don't know. I could I can see where they would get to a point where it's just not interested anymore. But um but by and large, most yeah, you can do it the notion of retiring. I mean, I joke about it sometimes, but it, it seems kind of ridiculous. You can do this as long as the hardest part is when you start losing your memory. That's really when it gets difficult, you know. Yeah, I would imagine, but also not even just that, but depending on what a person's process is like, mm. you know, to hear that, I mean, I don't know anything about him personally, but to hear that Daniel day Lewis doesn't want to do movies anymore. I totally understand because he's that sort of like, 
immersive, you know, I got to dig inside the skull of this character and live in it for a long time. It's like, that probably just is draining. And at a certain point, you know, when you're young, you're hungry and you want stuff. And then at a certain point, you kind of, I think people just go, I think I just want to be happy and comfortable. <laughs> right. And I think it's yeah, that and, and, and be, comfort. And, and be myself. Stop trying to pretend that I'm somebody else. Right. You know, stop trying to, you know, because that can happen. You can get so caught up in um, trying to figure out all these characters that you lose sight of who who you may actually be yourself. I mean, I know it's, you know, woe is me, champagne problems, but uh, but it is something that I think uh, could conceivably happen to somebody. Yeah. yeah, but I also, it's it's funny that sometimes when we think that people, it's just sort of the, like the fucked up nature of the way our society values things, but with, when someone kind of drops off and you go, oh my God, what happened? Did they get kicked out of the business? It, it's like, you know, years ago, Dana Carvey said he just decided to take a break for a long time. He had had a surgery and he realized he wanted to be with his kids. And that was more important than, you know, doing comedy and doing movies and stuff. But to the outside world, like, oh my God, what happened? What did he do? And it's like, well, he wanted a better life with his kids. And I mean, that's like, what more could you, that's like the greatest reason ever to not pursue all this stuff, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. That's, that's something I've been struggling with uh, lately with work is when I have to go away and um, yeah, I just don't like being away from my family, but I also don't, the idea of dragging them around with me, it seems absurd. You know, they're, they're very happy here at home and I think I, I miss them more than they miss me. Um, But it was scary because when this whole thing started, I was out in LA uh, try, trying to finish shooting a film. Uh, we got about 65% of the way through it. But every day it was like, should I go home? What am I doing? We're so close to being done, but it's getting worse, you know, and it was just very stressful. There were a couple of times that I flew home to visit my kids and, and then flew back to LA. And the, you know, the, that was very stressful. I'd call my wife and be like, should I just stay here? Am I endangering you by coming home? You know? Yeah. Um, but you know, knock on wood, that isn't, hasn't been the case. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it got increasingly, uh, difficult the older they get. Um, I mean, when they're babies, it's kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll split. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't got, I ain't got, I, I can't be particularly helpful anyway. Um, but when they grow up and they're interesting, then you want to like be around them. Yeah, yeah. But then what happens is when they're teenagers, they don't want you around. They, there's, yeah. like, there's like a good window of maybe like five or six years where like leave me alone. <laughs> right, right. I, yeah. So I want to capitalize before that happens. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny because now that I'm in a position where I literally just can't do what I do and it hasn't even been that long. I mean, it's only been three weeks, but I, I, I do miss it. I miss what I was working on and uh, 
but I'm worried, you know, I'm worried about the effect it'll have overall. I mean, it, you know, kind online content and streaming and stuff, that's all fine and good, but I'm a real, I really love the theater doing theater. And, um, I'm, I'm wondering like how long was, is it going to be before people are even comfortable going in a, a theater or a movie theater again? I wonder the exact same thing because of stand-up because I had a bunch of stand-up yeah. dates that I've, they, they, they've moved a couple times. And even as they started to move into August, I said to my manager, like, I can't envision that August people are going to want to like cluster in groups. Like it just doesn't, right. and I don't want to be irresponsible. And like, so maybe let's just push those off until, yeah, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it will rebound and people do enjoy entertainment. They do crave live experiences. Eventually, it will come back around, but you're right. The question is when, and because this is so unprecedented, no one, in, at least in our lifetimes, no one has any answers. Like we just, it is the great, for, for a species of creatures that loves certainty, we are having to choke down an enormous amount of uncertainty every day. And that's a really yeah. interesting thing. Well, and we're all in the same boat. I mean, yeah. It's not very often there where there's something where it's just the great equalizer. It can happen to anyone, anywhere. And, you know, we all have to be careful. And, uh, yeah, there's not many things like that. There's a lot of things that, I guess in, a, in one way, it's because there's so many things that separate us and there's so much divis- divisiveness right now. It's kind of interesting to have something that makes us realize, really forces us to confront the fact that we are, in a lot of ways, very similar. I mean, ex- I mean, exactly the same. We're all, we are all exactly the same, and yeah. And that part of it, I think, is potentially, hopefully, something positive will come out of that. Yeah, that we kind of remember that we're all human, yeah. and start to break down the walls of, you know, what I think social media has created, which is us and them. Well, really, yeah. us and, uh, really me and them, because <laughs> I think it <laughs> sort of focus us on ourselves. And so, you know, hopefully this gets us out of that place. But there's a, I think there will be a lot of existential crises going on. I mean, even just to hear you say like, oh, I really miss acting. It's interesting because I wonder how many people are sort of forced away from the momentum of their lives that go, gosh, I think I actually was hating everything I was doing. What do I do now? (laughs) Well, it's funny because my little brother has a job that he despises, but he's (laughs) he's considered an essential worker because he works for a grocery distribution company. So he's loading semi-beds. Um, to deliver groceries, um, which they have to keep doing. So he's he's not getting a break. But uh, I think honestly, as much as he's ti- as tired as he is of his job, I think he'd be even. I think it would be even harder if he was just sitting at his house. Uh, well, first of all, financially, he simply couldn't afford it. I mean, he barely has any money when he has a job. If he didn't have that job, he'd be beyond broke. Um, and I also think he would just kind of go nuts just sitting in the house all day. But, uh, but yeah, there are some, I, I just, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's really going to expose 
it's kind of like a, tur- a turtle coming out of its shell, you know, and and seeing, well, do I want to put this shell back on when this is all over, or do I want to put something else on? You know? Yeah, who are we? My, my wife said yeah. something last night when we were having dinner. She was like, because I, I, we've actually been having a lot of fun, um, to, like just sort of spending time together because we, you know, the, the melee of our days, we're both running around usually and we kind of see each other at night and now, you know, we're really getting to hang out. We have a puppy that has been taking up a lot of attention. And But she said, I wonder, she goes, I wonder if the divorce rate's going to go up after this. And I said, oh my God, absolutely. People <laughs> who are sort of using their lives to distract the fact that they might be in a not great relationship, but don't want to take the time to deal with it may be in a situation where they're forced to sort of deal with, you know, right. with their living situation now. And, and I think there are going to be such far reaching um, ramifications from all this that, uh, you know, that I, I just, the, the, the mental health thing now is probably more important than most other times in, in recent memory of people just working out their stuff and trying to take care and, take it easy and you know because I, I think it will be challenging in a lot of ways once it's not like when they go okay you can leave your houses now everyone's gonna go great let's all cram into a stadium and watch a football game you know like it's, <laughs> it's still gonna be, it, there's yeah. gonna be some hesitation and how do we deal with each other again and if someone coughs in a restaurant is everyone gonna like run out of the restaurant and set it on fire like what's gonna happen right yeah it's gonna be hard not to I think there's going to be a lot of PTSD, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as visceral as running around a battlefield, but they do keep referring to it as a war. So, yeah, war, um, war, a war on the virus. Of course, there'll be some PTSD because it, it's a mm-hmm. shot. I mean, anything that changes your lifestyle dramatically overnight, <clears throat> which is really kind of how it felt, yeah. is going to have a, an effect on people, a dramatic effect on people. And, <clears throat> You know, well, particularly the the EMTs and the healthcare workers. I mean, yeah, I was reading an article today about the EMTs, uh, the experiences they're having, and uh, I mean, it's it's. I I don't know how they're not cracking up. I mean, it's it's super intense, and um, they have to be so so careful. They're literally they they say they're going up to people. They'll get a call. The door. They'll go to the house. The door open. The person will be there, and the per- and the responder just holds a hand up and says, "Don't come any closer. Stay in the door. Stay where you are." What are your symptoms? Well, I got a fever. I'm coughing. Okay, I just want to tell you something. If we put you in this ambulance and we take you to the hospital, the odds are you're going to get a lot sicker. Do you really want to get in this ambulance right now? Right. Uh, no. I'll- I'll sweat it out here. All right, oh, wow. see you later. Bye. Wow. You know, it's just it's just crazy. And then if and then but then they do see some people that are like, no, this person has to go to the hot this person's about to die. And yeah. then they put on these freaking hazmat suits and get the person in the ambulance, give them to the hospital, and then they go back, they spend an hour disinfecting the ambulance like three different ways. Uh ultraviolet light, uh bleach, Lysol. And then they have to disinfect themselves, disinfect the suits. You know, there's guys coming home from work. Uh, they literally, they take all their clothes off before they go in the house. There's a guy, he goes down to the side door of his house, 
takes all his clothes off except his underwear, puts it in a biohazard bag, puts it by the door, and goes in, goes straight into the shower. I mean, it's just, you know, so I would assume those people, yeah, they're going to have a couple of issues. Well, I mean, yeah. there's guys literally saying, I would, I would rather get a fire. I would rather get a fire than a, than a coronavirus call. Oh my God. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I really do hope that there is a good mental health care system in place for those people because they're right now, they're operating at that sort of, you know, peak, just move forward, move forward, move. They can't stop for a second to really process any of it, but they're still absorbing all this trauma and all this horrible shit. And yeah. eventually they're going to have to process it. And so I do, I do think that a lot of focus should be when this starts to calm down, like let's get these healthcare workers as much mental health help as we possibly can because yeah. they are going to need it, you know, whether yeah. or not they realize it because the, the momentum shock, there's just no way that a lot of them are able to even stop and process because they just have to go, 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 you know, deal with this every day. Yeah, and they don't get much sleep. No. They don't get much of a break. It's kind of constant. But, Is anyone in your yeah. family a, a doctor? I, your family's pretty academic. Well, my father was a PhD, but uh, he was in finance, accounting, business type stuff. Uh, my family. You know, my grandfather, my father's father studied... Uh, bugs he studied malaria down in uh, south america and he caught uh which fever was it one of them fevers i think it was yellow fever uh but anyway he he died he died studying uh the 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 the, the migration of malaria from africa to south america and um so that, that, that's in my lineage. And now let's take a quick pause and thank this sponsor for this episode of the ID10T podcast, BetterHelp. That's help, H-E-L-P, help, as in help with maintaining your mental health, particularly now in a time where people are feeling isolated. Maybe they're forgetting to focus on their mental health because they feel overwhelmed by everything, but it is incredibly important. I, I It's important even when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, but especially now what is interfering with your happiness? What is sort of eating away at you? What do you What do you need help with mentally? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. Now, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling system done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be local in your area. Uh, the service is available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor. You're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, even when that does become an option again. Um, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. So, Go to their website, all right? You can read their testimonials if you want, betterhelp.com slash reviews. And then when you're ready, go to betterhelp.com slash hardwick, my last name, betterhelp.com slash hardwick. Join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Uh, and by the way, ID10T podcast listeners get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash hardwick. Again, that's help, H-E-L-P. And now... We glide gently back in to the ID10T podcast. 
already in progress. Are you are you having a healthy relationship with the news cycle, or do you do you obsess about it, or do you kind of watch it a little bit and then turn it off? Uh, I you know I like I said I hear it on the radio, but um, I don't watch any news. I mean, there's a TV in the house, but I I don't hardly ever look at it. It's usually the kids uh, are looking at it. Um, but I don't, I don't watch any of the news, but I read, when I get up in the morning, I read some on the, on my iPad here, but, uh, I try to do other things. I'm doing a lot of cleaning. (laughs) Like I said earlier, I I feel like kind of a custodian. I've turned into a, a custodian. Um, uh, and I do, I go out. I do go for a walk every day because I, I have to move, just move around a bit. Because um, I'm used to I'm used to doing a lot. Uh, so, and it's like I said, I'm in a pretty spread out part of Brooklyn. So it's not like people aren't on, on top of each other. You can keep your distance. It's it's all right. Yeah, we're we're sort of in the same situation with the dog, where we're in a neighborhood where it's easy to not, it's easy to have distance where we sort of walk around the, the, cause the neighborhood we live in, there actually aren't sidewalks. It's just all like kind of windy roads. So there's not a lot, and there's not a lot of traffic right now. So we're able right. to sort of like walk the dog a few times a day. If someone passes by, we just, one of us will cross the street. We've right. got, now we've got these, you know, like, masks yeah. on uh, where they're like wear masks no they don't help well wear them anyway it'll probably we're like you know what we'll just fucking wear them is it, is it really gonna impact our you know like right. it's not not a big deal to just wear them just to yeah. hedge all of our bets and so you know that's that that's been fine but I, i'm curious if this is gonna spark some different kinds of creativity are you writing more music or are you writing a play or is there any have you felt any inspiration yeah that's interesting. I keep, I keep, I keep saying myself the little taskmaster, taskmaster in my mind is like, yes, you need, to, you know, you could be taking advantage of this time and doing this or the other thing. But I, I find it very difficult to concentrate. Uh, I'll sit down, even just to like read a book or something, and get into something, and and then you know one of the kids your wife comes up and is like oh honey can you help me with this or daddy can we do that and then i put the book down and then like two days go by and i'm like oh there's that book i was trying to read two days ago <laughs> and it's just like it, it it's it's kind of like um it's hard to focus and yeah. so i find I, I find i wind up doing lots of little things in my mind is kind of like hopping around like a uh, from here, there, and everywhere, you know. Um, and then at night, like late at night, when I'm just by myself, I'm I'm usually pretty tired. I've been doing something weird. I've been watching a lot of concerts on YouTube. That's how I uh, like old old concerts. Um, that's kind of how I end my day. It's just sitting and watching. The first week and a half, it was like old pavement concerts I was watching, like really old, like from when they like started out. And then I now I've switched to REM. I'm watching like some of the early REM concerts, and I I keep asking myself, "Why am I doing that?" It's something I think to do with like 
Well, first of all, it's performance, which I miss seeing, seeing people perform. And it's like youth, youthfulness, energy, uh, rebellion, you know, all these things that uh, are in short supply the rest of the day. At the at the end of the day, I kind of, because that's really kind of one of the most fun things you can do is go to a concert. And who knows when that's going to, like we were saying earlier, who knows when that's going to happen again. I had, I had tickets for the Rage Against the Machine uh, tour this summer. Did, did you know this? They're going back on tour, Rage Against Yeah, 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 yeah. I know uh, I, Morello's been touring separately. He was touring separately for a while with, with a bunch of other people. And then, yeah, then they were going to go back and start touring again. And they will. I mean, they will go back. And now, listen, there's a lot more to rage at. So, you know, by yeah. the time they come out, there might, you know, like they well, might they're, they're my they're my little brother's favorite band of all time like he was obsessed with them and when they broke up or went on leave hiatus whatever he was so sad um and so i got him the ticket like me and him a ticket for madison square garden and uh yeah he was pretty happy about that i like to do little things like that for him because like i said he doesn't have the most uh jovial uh, life um but uh yeah there will be a lot this there could potentially be a lot to rage about um if they start trying to mess with these elections you know or say um i mean that's the thing that that i'm literally like is giving me ulcers is the notion that um that they might mess with this upcoming election um well, Somehow. yeah, I mean, that's that, you know, with stuff like that, the only thing that I think you could ever say to yourself is like, well, as of today, they're not messing with it. So I think that's the best, you know, like it, th- this is really testing the limits of catastrophizing. I mean, there are so many different paths now to ultimately catastrophize, you know, in entertainment and political and infrastructure and like, what are restaurants and businesses going to look like and concerts, you know? And so I think really the best thing to do is be like, well, as of today, we're here, you know, the elections are still on as far as we know. And we're, that's, that's the best we can do. Cause you fucking would drive yourself crazy. If you worried about everything that could collapse by the time this is over, it's just, it's just not, right. it's just dangerous. It's just, they're just dangerous roads to go down that we just don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just have to have faith that the people are, there's, there are people that are trying to to fix it, to solve it, um, to make sure that, that it goes about the right way. Um, And they're, they're working really hard at that. So, yeah, yeah, day at a time. I, I keep hearing that, you know, day at a time, day at a time. And it really is true. I mean, if you told me, three weeks ago that I was going to spend the next three weeks in my home, I would have had a, I would have had a panic attack or something, but you know, you, it's, it's really tr- proves the old adage that you can get used to anything. I mean, people are very, they are very adaptable. Um, so, we do forget that by the way, because we you know, do try to build these little uh, protection bubbles for ourselves again, where we feel like everything's certain, everything's secure. We, you know, we can predict everything. We like predictability with a small amount of unpredictability to keep it exciting. 
But yeah. now I think some people are starting to hopefully remember like, yes, we are adaptable and we do, you know, human beings are ultimately, you know, like we are still here because we've figured out how to survive through the dark ages and through, Man. you know, like the black plague and through the Spanish flu, you know, it's like it humans, that is our, that is our one thing that we have is that we are adaptable and we do figure, we do ultimately figure it out. We do have instinct, even though we try to be all intellect, we, we can right. be a little more instinctive sometimes. But we don't want to change. We don't, we don't want to change unless provoked, you know, I mean, that's the interesting thing about the virus is it's saying, I, I hate to use the word, well, it's not the right word, but it's it's basically just insisting, it's insisting on it, saying, you know, uh, you can have your, your opinion, you can say, well, I really like things the way they are, but uh, uh, you're going to, you're, you're going to have to deal with this one way or another. You know, yeah. it, it would be nice if we could realize that change was important uh, without having this, you know, deadly virus to deal with. Yeah, but if we can, you know, at least if we can, again, take a horrible situation and try to do something positive with it, if it affects positive change, at least at least we could do something with a bad situation, you know, but then how that looks is just like, no one knows. I mean, like every day it, you know, I just check in with, I'll check in with people. How you doing? I'm good today. Okay. That's the best we got. That's all, that's all we know for now. So right. let's, let's, let's chalk that up as a win. And uh, you know, and that's, I, beyond that, I don't really know what else to do other than be a socially responsible citizen and stay at home and not go out and not, you know, stay away from people and just right. you know, like that's that's the bet that's the best we can do it's just that meme of the the lazy guy on the couch and it's you know like 2019 you know lazy motherfucker and it's the same picture 2020 responsible adult you know <laughs> that's funny <laughs> so that's it's just sort of one. it's just sort of where it's at but uh yeah. do you i wonder if this is going to affect like do you think maybe that I asked you this a few years ago and I don't actually remember what you said, but it's you, are you going to pursue more comedy stuff at any point? Cause you're super oh. funny on the show and you were super funny, you know, it, and I just thought, Oh, that guy, like, I wonder if he's going to start like dropping in comedies here and there more often. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I I I I, I kind of wonder what the comedy is nowadays. Like what what did, I feel like there was a period where um, that was a more well defined genre. You know, particularly you were talking about Dana Carvey or a lot of the SNL folks. Kind of you know, uh, you know what Adam Sandler was doing, what Will Ferrell was doing, um, but that genre seems to have kind of receded a little bit um like you don't see that uh, those those uh those the the, the, the those chains those franchises of, of films uh, as much it's kind of all turned into like superhero movies or, or something <laughs> i don't i don't you know, do you know what i'm talking about like there's yeah, yeah, it feels yeah. like there used to be that used to be more of a thing 
Yeah, right. totally. It was. It was definitely a certain genre of comedy. And then now, not only are superheroes a thing, but they've melded comedy on top of superhero movies. Yeah. Because it's just so hard to... There are certain types of movies that people will put on pants and leave their homes for, and other types of movies where people are like, I could watch this on Netflix, you know, which is probably yeah. why like Sandler, Sandler gets these massive deals at Netflix to make those types of movies, but just for Netflix. So right. Because right. people sort of feel like, oh, I don't need to leave... There isn't a reason that I need to see that on a giant screen, whereas like spectacle movies with a lot of special effects, they go, okay, I do want to see that on a big screen, but do I need to see a guy like doing a, a silly character for 90 minutes on a big screen? Maybe I can I just see. stay home. Yeah. Oh, so those movies, they're just not getting the theatrical. But there I'm... aren't as many of them. There are not yeah. as many of them. It was definitely a genre for a while where you would take like... Like Chris dopey... Farley or you yeah. know, all these guys, they would they would make like, you know, five six seven ten movies and yep. with these funny characters and 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 I, I just don't i don't yeah i don't see it as much anymore i mean i the last time i participated in something like that was um this movie uh the night before mm -hmm. with uh, seth rogan and um and joseph gordon levin and anthony Mackie. but the, even that wasn't like um because none of those guys, maybe Seth Rogen a little bit, but none of those guys are really what you would consider like a, an Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell type guy, you know, like SNL comedian comedy guy. They were just, they're just actors and they, but they made this kind of funny, funny movie about Christmas um, and, and weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Seth and Evan always are the ones now that do seem to push the boundaries of that. I mean, they had that that uh, that like grocery store where all the vet, where all the produce and everything were characters. It was oh. like a CG movie where they were all like where all the vegetables were like fucking each other and stuff. I'm trying to remember that, the name of it. Was that Sausage Party? Sausage Party, nice. Yeah, yeah. Good pull. Yeah. 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 I didn't even see it, by the way. I'm just I my wife is always saying, You your mind is filled with trivia. And it's true. I, I know the names of movies I haven't even seen. Um I don't know why that is. But Celebrity yeah. Jeopardy. You need to be on Celebrity yeah. Jeopardy. Oh, how's he doing, Mr. Trebek? I don't know. I mean he's 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 hanging in there. Um I haven't seen an update on him in quite a while, but I am I am concerned. I mean, you know, to have pancreatic cancer at a time where your immune system just can't be compromised. And, you know, yeah. I don't know. I hope he's okay. He's just such a sweet man and such an inspiration and just a good dude. And I, and I it just, yeah, it's, it really, it really is heartbreaking, but I haven't, I haven't I haven't heard anything about him. For, yeah, for I'm assuming they're not shooting the show right now. No, I can't imagine they would be. I just yeah. I just can't imagine there'd be any healthy way to to do it. Yeah, yeah. Even if because that seemed to be bringing him a lot of joy, as sick as he was, I just wonder now that if he doesn't have that to do, what what's motivating him to to fight. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I really hope he's okay. I think he's going to be one of those guys like Mr. Rogers that people will always, you know, for generations to come look back and go, that guy was a pillar. He was a rock in our society. 
and we were mm. lucky to have him you know he's mm. just uh, he, he's because the jeopardy numbers the la- you know before everything got crazy it was like I want to say like 14 million people a night were watching Jet, which is fucking crazy. Like yeah. those are not normal TV numbers anymore. So, right. you know, it's, I think that might even be more than uh, Trump's coronavirus briefings. It might've been more than the briefings. It might've been a little more. Than Maybe. I don't know. So what's, what's on the docket for the rest of the day? What are you, what are you going to, what, what's going to fill the rest of your day? Um, my daughter, my younger daughter has hidden, a, we went out yesterday and we hit, hit a painted rock in the neighborhood <laughs> and her little friend from kindergarten, I have to deliver a map because uh, her, her friend Emmett and his dad, they like to, they go out for little walks in the neighborhood. And so I'm going to deliver them the map and see if they can find the painted rock where we've hidden it just as a suggestion just to scratch the creative acting itch uh dress up as a pirate and (laughs) really commit to a character here be the map (laughs) to the painted rock just something fun (laughs) to sort of give you that satisfaction of embodying another character while keeping your kids engaged exactly yeah it's funny it's funny you say that because i I do like the pirate voice. Uh, I, I actually, I might be making a, a pirate voice uh, soon on the internet. Oh, fantastic! Where would uh, people find this? I don't. It's supposed to be out Monday night, which is going. I don't know when you're even releasing this, but uh, ah, Jesus! I'll tell you I when. Wish, this is I should going be out. promoting it. It's something. It's some sort of fake festival it's, it's something to raise money for people that are down and out because of this whole virus thing um this is going up so, april 14th so it's a few days before the quarry comes out i got it well this what's monday what is this, this monday, monday the coming monday is april uh april 6th okay well, I don't know. Do you know a, an actor named Mitch Rouse? Have you ever heard of his name? He was on Strangers with Candy. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. And he was on Reno 911, yeah. I think. Yeah. Anyway, he, he's putting this together. I don't even know what it's called, but he, he, apparently he's going to start streaming Monday night. Um, and it's it, under the pretext of some sort of festival, but it's like a fake festival. Uh, and there'll be lots of little funny videos on there. Um, and you, I hopefully, I guess you donate some money in order to watch the, the skits or whatever. So that's, unfortunately, that's like, I know that's super vague and unhelpful, but that's well, all. By the time this comes out, it'll be out and people can find it. So that now yeah. that you've name checked him and people know <laughs> that they might see an iteration of you as a pirate. I yes. feel like if they haven't seen it yet, they will see it. They might actually stop this podcast, go watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so funny how the world works. But yeah, uh, see, here she is. Show them the map. Oh my She's gosh. That's for a... me to deliver this map all day long. That is... Now, is it dark enough? Yeah, can I can see, see it? it. Oh yeah, there's the map. Oh, that's fantastic. So, and there's em, all the em, homes. Yeah, Emmett has to try and find this rock with his dad. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah. Is there an yeah. X on the treasure rock? Is there an X where the rock is? Yeah, oh, it's a kind of like a red Oh, I see it. Sun. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So that's my wanna... mission, should I choose to accept it. I feel like you've accepted it, and I don't want to keep you from that because... Cool. There is a painted rock that needs to be found. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really hope uh, I hope you hang in there. I hope you're doing okay. I, you know, I I had so much fun a couple of years ago when we got to do those couple of things together at midnight and then the podcast and everything. I was really looking forward to this again. I appreciate it. I, I can't thank you enough. Would you feel taken advantage of if I asked you to end the podcast with something piratey? Oh man! All right, uh, something piratey. Uh, Jesus! You can tell people to stay home, stay safe, stay. You know, don't. Be... Uh, now, now listen here, Buckaroos. I want you all to be staying in your homes. You see, you're lucky you have a home to begin with. Me, I'm out on the rough seas seven days out of the week. So please be careful and wash your hands, matey. <laughs> don't get the scurvy <laughs> a, a pirate service message <laughs> yes I wonder if any pirate has ever said wash ye hands oh yeah right uh, probably not yeah. alright thanks man I appreciate it stay healthy and safe I really I, uh, I, I wish you all the best and, uh, and hopefully we'll catch up again soon alright Chris thank you thanks bye ID Tenty scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.